When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Me and John are out to California. Hey, everyone. Today's guest is singer, songwriter, and guitarist John Snodgrass from the Fort Collins, Colorado band Drag the River. Together, we break down the writing, recording, and inspiration behind their fan-favorite song, Me and Joe Drove Out to California. John is one of the most prolific songwriters I've ever come across. And when he's not writing, he's either recording or out on the road touring. John is what I call a purist, someone who is turned on by a song's performance, understanding that it doesn't have to be the perfect take, as long as the spirit and sentiment come across in the recording. Like I said, John is insanely prolific, so much that he couldn't even tell me when this track was recorded. Let's just say he's logged in a few studio hours. And songwriting inspiration sometimes comes in the form of a sequel, which John recorded a song called Exactly That, the sequel, that is a continuation of Me and Joe Drove Out to California that we'll touch on a little later in the episode. So for all this and a cross-country trip and a moving truck full of women's clothes, don't you dare go anywhere. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. You know, I was trying to think of a way here to introduce you to the listeners that uh, may be unfamiliar with you. And I'll just say, I've used this term before many times on my show. You are what I call a lifer. You live on the road. That's what you've been doing for the last you know, almost 30 years of your life. Of course, I remember you from Armchair Martian uh, in the early 90s. And in 1996, you started recording songs with Chad Price, of course, from all uh, under the name Drag the River. And since then, you've put out just tons of stuff, music with bands. You've done stuff as a solo artist, a member of the Scorpios. You've collaborated with literally everybody, Hagfish, Descendants, Stefan Egerton, Joey Cape, Lagwagon, Bad Astronaut, Corey Brannon, Frank Turner. I could go on and on and on, but it's just really cool to be to be sitting here uh, talking to you today. I'm glad you're you're able to sit in. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It makes me happy. I've heard some of your shows, and I got to be honest, they're great. And I, I I've started listening to podcasts kind of a while ago. Well, actually, that Frank Turner comment. I was going to make a podcast like the buddies thing. That was going to be a podcast. That was my original mm-hmm. idea, like writing either a song or a record with a songwriter guy. Like you would have been on it at some point, right? Mm-hmm. But this was in 2010, I guess. And I just thought that there were too many podcasts. So I didn't want to be a Johnny come lately guy. And now I'm like, fuck, right. fuck. <laughs> but I have a new podcast. But anyways, and I do this. I get sidetracked. What was what was I supposed to say before that? No, I was just you know basically <laughs> saying that that I you know, I, call, I called you a lifer. You've oh, been yeah. with everybody, and and it's just it, it's cool. You know, the I would consider you a for lack of a better term, like a singer songwriter. And I want you to take us back. That's the one thing about this track. Me and Joe drove out to California from Drag the River, which uh, your fans and I know yourself. You just shortened to Joe California, but. When when was the song recorded? Do you recall? Shit. That is on It's Crazy. Drag the River, It's Crazy. And I don't know. I know that when I first recorded it, because I, you know, 
like we all do. Like I just record music all the time. And that was a, that was one of the many kind of a, just a throwaway song. <laughs> I thought it was uh I just thought it was too catchy and sort of too good. <laughs> you know? Right. You know what I mean? Like if something's too catchy, I'm like, ah, now I don't really care. Like I like making people happy. I don't need everything to sound like it's Chinese jazz. You know what I mean? I hear that probably eight out of 10 times in this show. The the song that we end up picking, the fan favorite, all, is always the one, the artist, or a lot of the times, the one the artist is like, hey, this is kind of the throwaway song. We didn't really put too much stock in, into this one, and, and now it's bubbled to the top and become a fan favorite. It's, it's funny how that happens. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm saying to the point that the band never even heard it. I just needed something, uh, I don't know how Chad heard it or... Oh, I'd send him like a demo of something, maybe. I'm not quite sure. So I don't quote me on it and don't, you know, put it on air. <laughs> like, but, but, uh, <laughs> no, seriously. But, uh, I think it might have been on something. And he's like, oh, that one's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Is it? All right. Doesn't sound too much like John Cougar Mellencamp, you know? <laughs> I mean, cause that's, we'll get to it, but I do. Oh, no, Springsteen. Yeah. I reference a Springsteen. We'll get to that later, I, I bet. Yeah, for sure. And so roughly what year? Do you recall? Shit, I don't know. I know it's not, okay, on, so what, I know what, it's not on Spotify yet because Drag okay. the... Oh, <laughs> this is what I was trying to say. Yeah, because Drag the River... So we missed our 20-year anniversary just because we counted wrong. So we're like, ah, fuck it. Maybe we'll do something when we're 25. And then maybe we've turned 25. I don't know. But I think in 2025, we're going to finally put all those songs up in the Spotify world. Like, we haven't done it yet. So it's like, it's not even an easy thing to find. <laughs> you know? No, it was. And it, this was a little bit difficult researching the song. There's tons of lyric pages out there with just horribly, you know, just wrong lyrics on oh. this. So I had, to do, I had to do some homework myself, really get in there and listen. Sometimes and- those are better. Yeah, and then you no, use you're right. Those, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, let's just do I, well, that. I like that. What's kind of cool about it is I do have some questions about the lyrics that we'll that we'll get to in a bit. But the reason I asked about the year of recording, do you recall if this was recorded on uh, to tape or to Pro Tools? Tape, tape. Okay, always. Th- that's what I figured with you guys. I figured you're a little more purist in that respect. And you know, oh yeah, I'll tell you what I love. I'll tell you what I love about this recording. And I, I told this to Corey too. It seems like. You know, a lot of guys that come from the world you're in, there's a looseness to this. It feels like a real band. There's not a ton of of overdubs and things flying in. And was this recorded live predominantly, do you recall? That song actually was. That might be mostly live. I mean, it's funny that you say that because I'm working on something right now. And I was talking to my friend who's helping me with it. And uh, it's funny because he didn't want to like comp you know, like guitars, right? On mm-hmm. something like, because he's playing drums and bass and he's like, he's like, ah, I think maybe you could do that. I'm like, okay. But I use this Tascam here, which is like my old Tascams, which is taste, they were just tape. And um, I just play songs top from the bottom. And I don't, and I think, and there's nothing wrong with any, well, that's where a couple weird sounds come in. I know how to punch in, but I'll just keep on going. So sometimes I'll punch in, and that's where some of the really fun noise happens, you know? I'm right. Giving, I'm giving away the tricks, but whatever, you know? Uh, not always, but sometimes that's where shit happens. And that was definitely live, but the guitars were always top to bottom, is, is what I'm trying to get to, you know? Yeah, you can you can hear it in the performance. It's It sounds live and it sounds real. And, you know, the longer I do this, and, and I, I have to, that's why I don't edit my own vocals. I always make someone else edit them. I'll pick out every nuance. I just can't do it. I just, right. there's things I hate about my voice. There's th- we, we all do. We have those things, of right? Course. How, when is it good enough for you? Is it the performance? Is it the feel? What what makes you go, yeah, I'm ready to share this with the world? Well, it's fun. like I said, I'm finishing a thing right now with a person that doesn't want to comp any of my shit, right? So we kind of started. And real quick, John, for yeah. the listeners, I want to say, John, when he, when he says comp, he's talking about, hey, we played the guitar part on three different tracks, and now we're going to go through and figure out what we could consolidate together and Frankenstein a good take out of. And everybody does this, but those who I call purists, they like to keep it as your producer or your friend you're working on it with. It sounds like he just wants to do it like like you guys did it without any editing. Of course. And there. so basically, I just send like two things that I think were pretty good 
and if they came out, I would be happy with both of them. And and then the same thing with guitars. I'll send like three things that's only going to be boiled down to one. And there's one that's just fucking crazy, you know? And then there's stuff mm-hmm. where I'm actually trying not to lose the script, you know? <laughs> like, go too far off the thing. Like, same dude's right. like, well, you didn't play the riff. I'm like, yeah, but what about this? It goes... <laughs> the song mm-hmm. makes this... It goes... <laughs> You know, it's crazy sound. And I love that shit, right? He's like, yeah, but no one knows what it was supposed to be before. I'm like, right. So to answer your question, yeah, I try to just send one thing if I can. But if I'm a little back, I don't know if it should go that way or this way. I'll send two things and I'm like, use this. And if there's anything bogus in there, then you can hear it on the other side and just pick it up from there. Well, it definitely sounds lyrically here, like this is autobiographical or something that, that, that you went through. Mm-hmm. But is is that most of your lyrics, would you say? Or do you ever just say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a story about something and, and just jot it down on paper? Or how? where does the inspiration come from you as a writer? Well, normally, I mean, I just I'm walking down the street and I just start singing into my phone and then I get back home and it's done. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's kind of where things start. It's also easy to just sit down and write a new one at the time, you know, <laughs> like, man, I, I, I wish I could take a page out of that. And I really do. Cause I, I find myself more often than not these days laboring over songs. See, and I hate that. Well, I, I hate that because I just want to get back to that. Hey, here's the idea. That's what it is. That's what I feel. That's the emotion that came out. And you look back at your career, it's not just me, a lot of bands where their fans love the early stuff. And a lot of times it was just raw emotion that was coming out. It wasn't overthought and overblown. Yeah, I, I just try not to be precious really about anything in life. It's short, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're all yeah. like, it's almost over, man. <laughs> Right? Like, uh, yeah, I, like, I, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Just go for it. Try to enjoy your life. And if you, if you can, like, somehow make someone else's life happy, you know, like, have, make sure they're having, like, a good day, just common courtesy kind of shit, it actually comes back on you and you're having a good day too, you know? So it's sort of selfish to say it. So, that, so I like to say it that way to make it sound sort of selfish so I don't sound like I'm full of shit. But, uh, but I really mean that. It's really simple. Yeah, it's a good, good, good philosophy. Well, I got to say, not just because you're a friend and you're sitting in front of me, but, you know, and I told this to Corey, too. I told this to Frank Turner. There's just some guys that uh, and you have this. John Moreland's another guy I've talked about on this show. They just they open their mouth and nobody taught you how to sing the way that you sing. You know, you just have this grovelly thing to your voice and this character to it. It's got a little twang to it. And you, you can't learn that. You know, it's special. I, I actually have never talked about this, which I'm kind of stoked to be able to talk about this. Um, I think it's, it turns out it's my granddad. I sound like my granddad, right? And my granddad is country, right? Mm-hmm. And my cousins are country. And I like, I speak, you know, more like a Midwestern, you know, dude, but sometimes some sounds sort of, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. in there, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. And I remember someone, someone made a comment. And they're like, uh, said something about like my fake oaky drawl. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm from Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from 40 miles away from Oklahoma, (laughs) guy. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) What do you mean? Like just thinking I'm from Colorado, which is fine. I mean, just shit. You just hit notes and you're a singer. You're a great singer, by the way. It's true. I'm like, we're all, I already get to be on your show, so I'm not buttering you up. But, uh. I don't know if you have this, but I have like, I always describe it as a ladder that's missing like a couple rungs, right? <laughs> so I can like hit a certain note and then it's just kind of feels a little fuzzy, but I can go above that note and strong as shit sometimes, right? Like it's right. It, it's crazy. And then, uh, yeah, like not being too precious about things and just singing and just let letting it out. Like it just sounds like what it sounds and they... There's, I ain't trying to sound like anything. You know what I mean? Right. No, I just, I'm coming. You know, and when I, when I say that. And, and I I'm not ex- saying that you're saying that I am, you know, but yeah, no, I wanted no, to address <laughs> that for a particular person. I'm not saying that you're saying that I'm saying. No, right. but, but what I meant by it really was if I were to try to emulate any of the, the singers I mentioned, 
it would come off as like, okay, he's trying to do an impersonation. It wouldn't come off as genuine, you know? Right. There's a lot of guys that I could get up and karaoke their songs and make, oh man, that sounded really good. And it sounded like the artist. But, you know, there's some people that just have that voice. You definitely have that voice. And, and John, I want to jump into the track now. It's two minutes and 44 seconds. That's a long tune for me. <laughs> it is. I it mean, is nowadays it is. I mean, I'm, I'm a 340 or a 220, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, like, it's getting even shorter now. Like, I'm stoked i like i'm just whittle that shit down yeah cutting all the fat off the bone there's too many songs okay anyways i'm listening now no i was gonna say do you recall when you wrote this was this the song was this the arrangement the format was this the lyric or or did anything change okay so you know what this is good this will touch back on what we were kind of saying before yeah things changed the actual arrangement changed a lot which is actually a I mean, I wouldn't say it's sophisticated, but it's not just a regular not at all song. You know, there's more to it. But it was written as just a as just a rock blast, and yeah, I kept the riff. I think <laughs> well, that changes too. Yeah. And did you guys record this yourself? I, I couldn't find any producer information. Uh, I recorded this at. Uh, hmm. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was hey, it was recorded. We know that. We have a recorded version. We made a lot of records. I don't know, man. <laughs> right. Okay. No, and and that's something else. And I, I kind of mentioned it at the top. When I said you have put out music uh, with tons of bands solo, the discography is is mind numbing. When I was trying to go through it, just just you alone on your Wikipedia page, I was like, this is just insane. So yeah, you've recorded a lot and and you just don't remember. It's I get my it. fucking favorite thing to do. I still do it. Like I'm work. <laughs> like you should never talk about what you don't have. Like uh, talk about things you're going to do until you're doing it. But I am doing it. Like I over the over the. Uh, pandemic time i mean i just put out a thing like hey who needs a song and i mean i did like hundreds and hundreds <laughs> like and, like every day and it was so fun i just had like it was like my job and i'm like cool i would wake up every day okay i'm gonna write a song for this guy cool what does he like he likes lizards i like lizards too all right you know like i'm a lizard dude like whatever you know That's just making really cool. shit up there was no lizard song but there could be but i've been doing it since sixth grade going into seventh grade little chad chad rex who's amazing yeah he taught me how to play guitar and we just made up we started we just he was already doing it but he had a little two-track recorder and we just made up fucking songs going into seventh grade and you know and uh it's kind of what i've done my whole life you know i'm 50 years old so however old you are when you're going into seventh grade this is kind of what i'm doing this bullshit the whole time it's fucking fun i love it as I said at the top, you're a lifer. And the intro here is four bars of an overdriven yet clean guitar that's mm. slightly panned off left before we get into verse one. Just off the top here, this guitar, it sounds a little out of tune. Yeah. But if it was pristinely in tune, it wouldn't feel like it feels. It's perfect for this track. Yeah, no, I I like to bend. That's kind of what I was saying before about sending the new stuff. Yeah, I like to I like to bend the thing, you know. <laughs> like I like to get mm-hmm. as close to a jazz blue note as I can. Yes, in in a regular type song, you know, that people can consume. You know, <laughs> it, it's the way that it moves you, and and you know, there's there's certain songs you write that you maybe don't want it to be like that. You want it oh, to yeah. be perfectly perfectly in tune. Oh, and certainly. For, and and for this it uh, it's exactly how it needs to be. Verse one. We drove out to California, opening up under the cover of night. Me and Daniel south of the state line, with my cousins on the fourth of July. Again, you touched on it a moment ago. The arrangement of this song is very strange in a good way and i want to when we as we go through it here i kind of want to see if i'm on the on the right page here with you with uh what i laid out so verse one here i'm going to read these lyrics john and have you break them down for us me and joe drove out to california opened it up under the cover of night me and daniel south of the state line with my cousins on the fourth of july What's happening here? So that riff, that it's I kind of thought, and probably why it was a throwaway song is because I sort of thought it was uh, too much like uh, you know, 
Bruce Springsteen um, has a song called Darlington County. Oh, yeah. Love that track. So I heard that song a bunch on the 4th of July with my cousins when that record came out, right? So that's where that part comes from. Me and Joe drove out to California. Joe Young, who maybe you've met before. I know Joe Young well, and, I, and I'm assuming is, is, is Daniel Bug? Yes. So, okay. me, so, me and, so, me and, so I'm kind of setting the idea of like, it's just one of those kinds of drives. You're with your bud, and it's nighttime. It's under the cover of night. It's the best. You're listening to music, you know, the fucking glow of the of the radio, you know, coming in. And uh, yeah, I was driving out with Joe to start with, though, because we were um, his wife at the time had gotten accepted to a school in San Diego that she was really stoked to go to. So we we just packed up the car with all these ladies clothes and two cats there's more coming, like, and we'll we'll touch on these characters later in the song. It's amazing. <laughs> it already, but, it, it but, already sounds like a party. Yeah, but just me and Joe, bunch of ladies, clothes, two cats, fucking driving. You know that spot? Like, I kind of came up with this in that p- specific spot, and I know you know it. When you're leaving, like Arizona, going to San Diego, and you're going across, and like the ten turns into like the eight or, or, or something like that, and it just dips down. And you go down like that's like we're, I think it's like Kingman, Arizona. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. So that's where you opened up under the cover of night, can can me and Daniel, like me and Daniel, south of the state line, because I have a song called well that I call Bug Country that me and Bug wrote, uh, and we we're having the same type of drive. So I'm I'm already calling back to another song in this song. Well, this this next part. It only happens once, and to me, this sounds like a chorus, but you can't call it the chorus. I'm, I saved the chorus for later in the song. I'm calling this the first pre-chorus in the song, but it's not before a chorus, and it's just an interlude between verse one and verse two, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'll get to these lyrics in a moment. Verse one, the guitar breaks down there to just palm mutes for all eight bars of that, and you know, when it broke down there, and I was listening to this part, and I listen to this song, you know, as, as I do when I do these episodes a ton of times, John. You like it? Love it. The beginning's going, and then it breaks down in the verse. And I'm like, okay, this totally translates to you in some smoky bar with an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, that it just, yeah, it's a full band, and, and, and the band kicks in after verse one. But but I love that. When it, when it broke down, I was like, okay, this is just... Total, totally John's world here, but uh, I love how it breaks down. And then what I'm calling the pre-chorus, the stereo guitars kick in right here. The drums are in, the bass, and there's this guitar that is soloing through this next part that I want to talk about. I've been riding, I've been riding, sometimes I'll ride all night. And then here's a lyric that I couldn't find, I found it five different times online, is it, it ain't wasting time if you just remember it right? That's right. Okay, that's what I heard. You know, touring stuff, I mean, all, uh, all the shows aren't like the best, I think they're all the best. I actually like the shows where there's almost nobody there, right? So it's the song idea is just kind of about like just us getting to do what we get to do, traveling around and ho- hoping you see the, a familiar face from last time or or whatever, and, and that's great. Maybe they can't make it this time. That's all right. And even if it's a whatever kind of night, you know, like back then to touch on the Frank Turner thing, like Big Rock and Little Rock, I mean, like that's a little song where... Uh, there weren't a ton of people there, but it was the best. Sure. Because we remembered it right, you know? Yeah, well, and that's something that, you know, I wouldn't want there to be nobody there every night, but to your point, there's nothing better than having an ill-attended show, but the people that are there, all 30 or 40 of them are going berserk. Yeah. They're going crazy. Yeah. You can't really afford to do it, but I wish you could because it's fucking fun. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, those shows are great. (laughs) 
Absolutely. Well, this guitar solo here, okay, and it's panned slightly left, and it kind of runs through the song. Do you recall what was on that guitar effects-wise? Because I swear there's points in this song where it sounds like a fiddle, like with the vibrato. So I know, okay, so... And I'm assuming there was no fiddle anywhere in this song. There's another part coming up where it's... I mean, I'm sitting here... Uh, again, probably listened to this song 30 times in the last two days going, gosh, that sounds like a fiddle. So I was wondering what you have on there because there's this like vibrato that you get with a fiddle that you just really can't mimic on the guitar. I should have probably uh, listened to this song. <laughs> but <laughs> I've heard that a lot on here. <laughs> well, but I don't have the CD or the record anymore. It's a high dollar item, you know? Um, and I gave them away not to make myself sound real nice, but I've given them... Every copy I've had of this record, I've given to different people for like, uh, you know, sadly, like there needs to, uh, someone needs to raise money for some kind of a, you know, sure. thing. I'm like, cool. Like, I'm like, really? Someone gave you 200 bucks for that. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> huh, someone's well, going gonna, gonna to need to benefit concert for me. <laughs> you know, but uh, anyways, but that might answer. I told you I'd get back to you on where we recorded this. We actually recorded this. It is in Colorado, and the name of the town, I'm going to have to get back to you. Oh, so it's outside of, I think, Sedalia or Salida, but there's a studio that's right on the edge of a national forest, and pe- some people have recorded there, some cool people like, uh, I mean, Jay Maskus recorded there. Only a couple, like, not many people know about it, but the first it was built for when George Lucas was doing... Um, you know the movie with Ron Howard, pre-Star Wars? It's like Happy Days, but gritty. It's called uh, American Graffiti. Oh, yes, yes, okay. So all they did the soundtrack for the movie there, and then they've done like a bunch of different stuff there, like a bunch of bands I just, I can, my brain doesn't work like it used to, Chris, you know? And <laughs> Mine doesn't either. <laughs> and it turns out my mom was always like, you're so smart. You're the smartest boy. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not the smartest. <laughs> I'm not dumb, but I'm not the smart. Anyways, uh, but some cool bands that I'll think of later, and maybe I'll send it to you, and you can you can add it somehow. But uh, we recorded there, and the guy, there's all kinds of cool shit there. But Casey, that was Spacey Casey who did, we're both playing guitars on it, and if it sounds like the shit that would sound like a fiddle and just... He does a lot of that. I do a lot of the stuff that sounds like the way the song starts, like you said, it's like meow and out of there. If it right. sounds like that, like just fucking noisy and just that's me. But then if there's something that like sounds like like a that's gonna like beautiful, like a that's gonna be Casey, and it's a, it's amazing. Like I was, he he played pedal steel too, you know. Well, and and there's a part in here where it's I couldn't. I'm like, was that pedal steel? Is that a, a lead guitar played up high is that is that a fiddle what's going on yeah we did a bunch of shit like that like we would run a have a pedal steel playing clean but then also run it through a fucking 15 watt amp you know and just crank it and it's just blowing out i mean just something to try and make the stuff sound interesting you know you know don't want to be boring that was really the only part of this track that, that stuck out to me of like, what is that exactly? The rest of it's kind of bare bones rock band. What you guys are going for, you know, you got your dynamics, mm-hmm. but that was the one part. W- what would you call this part, though, John, what I'm calling a pre-chorus right here? Eh, it's just the second part. <laughs> second part. So it's not a verse. <laughs> okay, so we did verse one. This is the second part. That's what we're going to go with. We also get the first harmonies in the song on the lines, I've been riding yeah. in I, that sounds like you on the harmonies. Is that you with yourself? Or is that Chad? It might be. It just sort of depends. Like norm, normally Chad and I, I mean, he would always be singing with me um, and vice versa. But um, every once in a while, especially when we we're up there, maybe someone slept in. You never know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but a lot of people say that when they hear me and Chad singing on songs, they're not quite sure who's who. Which is good. Well, you both got that grovelly voice that they just mesh so well together. Well, we're very different. I mean, he's a great fucking, he's an amazing singer. But we we also sing in ways, uh, we would just try to find where our our parts, you know, like where we could sing the best, you know, thing. And like, I love just giving up what someone would think is the traditional lead vocal, 
and vice versa, you know, on different songs. And right. just, just see where shit lays. And it's just a, we're mixed pretty much. If someone sings the lead vocal or what, like wrote the song and you think it's their song, I mean, it's mixed at 55, 45, you know, maybe, or 50, 50. Like we're, we're pretty close. And we, and we just use mic technique and go off the microphone and try not to sure. jump all over someone's lyrics, you know? I mean, it's fun. Like I like being a part of a thing. Like I'm an underdog. And I like to be just part of the pack. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. I never wanted to be a lead singer or a lead anything. I just like to make music. You know what I mean? Like um, like to get in there. Well, yeah. so I don't know. It could have been me. We'll be back with a lot more with John Snodgrass after a few words from our sponsors. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come, baby, come, and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. And now, back to the show. We're going to jump into what I'm calling verse two now. Uh, same instrumentation here. We got the stereo guitars, we got the drums, the bass, and we got that guitar panned off left, just kind of soloing around for the first part of verse two. Uh, then it goes into what I'm calling, I've never used this term before, John, on the show. I'm calling it a post verse tag because this verse is longer than verse one. Sacramento, we met up with Maria. We heard that Bears got a rockin' band. Love to call, because I really want to see you. Hope you notice we ain't coming around here again and again. Sick of what I'm in? Coming again and again. And what I'm calling that tag is when you say here again and again, sick of what I'm in, coming again and again, that that last part, it just kind of uh, is, is a little uh, post verse there. Again, as I said, same instrumentation here. You got that guitar soloing, except on the post verse tag here, that guitar does drop out. And how did you determine that uh, when you're in recording this? Like, hey, the guitar solo stops here. We're not going to have it in the back of this verse. Oh, probably just because I might have been like, hey, Casey, just fucking let's like uh, take a rest for a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, when you go to mix, do you ever do you ever like just say, hey, we're going to take this part out here, too? Oh, of course. You know, but also a lot of that stuff, you know, how you were saying about you don't want to hear your vocals and let people choose things. Uh, yeah. I do the same thing with like mixing stuff. I like to just split and then I'll come back and then. I like, like, surprise me, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're going to do anything by yourself, all by yourself, I mean, we all can, right? But who likes sure. the sound of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's way better <laughs> whenever people help you out, right? I think. Uh, never tell people what to do, you know, or how to do it. Just play with people that you know are going to rock, right? So anyways, like I said, I should have listened to this. Should I pull it up and listen to it real quick? 
if if you want, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's needed. I actually, it, okay. it's funny. I always joke that you know, I say, what you don't, you know, drive around listening to yourself all the time. <laughs> we, no, we as artists don't do that. We record something and we we, we file it away. But you hear it so much before. It comes out, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, and then also I have to put it to bed and then listen to it one more time, you know? Exactly. Well, we get harmonies on uh, the first three lines and we get a harmony on sick of what I'm in in that post verse. Not sick of what I'm in. That goes back to the idea. Like there's some rough, I ain't sick of what I'm like. I think it goes like that. I mean, it might be a little ghosted, you know, but like, you know, it didn't come out because I was probably singing it like when you're talking about the guitars and stuff, lots of times the scratch vocal or the lead, like if it's a little out of tune or whatever, which everyone sounds the most authentic. I'm really glad you said that, John, because in the lyrics I found online, it says, I ain't sick of what I'm in. I'm like, he isn't saying that there. And we call these pickup notes sometimes. Sometimes we'll throw them away. And when I'm doing vocals, I'll, I'll have a throwaway word. And I always get called on it by my bass player. Roger will be recording me. He's like, you threw that away. You're not getting the word. You're not enunciating. And I'm like, mm. yeah, but that's kind of how I'm feeling it, you know? So there is an I ain't there that you were trying to say. Yeah, it's in there. It might be ghosty, but and it didn't really fit in the, in the notes of the song. But it's pretty important to, uh, you know, the meaning <laughs> of the song. You know what I mean? How do you decide where the harmonies go? Like when was this already kind of mapped out with either yourself or Chad, or you kind of get in there in the studio and go, "Hey, we should put something here." Yeah, you just start singing. I mean, that's what I do with harmonies. Um, mm-hmm. I'll sing fucking every word top to bottom, and then uh, if I'm working with someone I don't really know, I'm like, "Just so you know, I'm not going to be an asshole and sing on everything." Yeah. But when it's good. Make a note of it, and then we'll just strip it away from there, you know? There you go. Well, the next part is what I'm calling the chorus, okay? okay. This is a well, what would be a double chorus. I can't wait uh, to hear what you think is the chorus or, or, yeah. or how it goes. <laughs> I'm, yeah, well, I'm so lost. That guitar soloing <laughs> it comes back in here with the stereo guitars, with the drum and the bass. And this is the section in my notes, John, that I put, man, the vibrato here sounds just like a fiddle on that guitar. This this part in particular, it's just, it's uh, it's so cool how you were able to get that sound. I've been too busy with my long lost friends thinking, wondering how you've been. I never want to say that part off the road and say hello. We've been singing all the sad old songs thinking, wondering how you've grown. Never want to say that part off the road and say hello. Drove on down to San Antonio. So come on down, San Antonio. Yeah, I don't say so come on down to San Antonio. I say, uh, so I'm basically saying, come on down. Like, it's pretty hokey, kind of, but I, it's like, just come on down and say hello. Because you know how sometimes, I'm never trying to pressure people, you know, like, come and see my band. I'm like, I just want to see your face. And lots of times, you know, maybe Chris Sherry's got to go, uh, he always sticks around, right? But some, <laughs> but somebody, you know, like uh, Otis, you know, who wants to go see a bunch of shows in San Diego that night, just let's have lunch, man. And then, you know, I'll see you after we do our sound check. So I just want to see you, buds. Because it's true. Like, how fortunate are we? Like, we have fucking friends everywhere, you know? We just oh, that's know. awesome. And it's really why I do this, you know? And, and it kind of goes against everything. Because I also, and I'm even more this way now, but, like, I have this whole, like, no ego kind of a thing, I've been, which is hard to do when you need to promote your band, right? It embarrasses yes. me to talk about myself. It always has. It embarrasses me to like, like I said, I just like being a part of a thing, you know? And I love going and just seeing people, seeing my friends, you know? But I have to pay for my vacation by going and playing music. 
and I love sure. playing the music. You know what I mean? But it's uh, I just like being able to sustain and just keep going and doing the thing and seeing the people. And you're right. I am a real life lifer. Uh, that's a song that's on the first Scorpios record. You know, lifer. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, those the, the lifers were all those old country cats, you know, all those guys doing it and, and, and blazing the trail back in the 40s, 50s and 60s that were out there night after night and living on the road. And I love the placement in the chorus of where, again, the harmonies are on the first two lines and the back half of each line. You get a harmony on long lost friends and on you've been. You also get harmonies on sad old songs and you've grown. Mm. I love the line on the last line when you say San Antonio, it kind of goes up there an octave. You get really aggressive with the vocal and then we hit an eight bar guitar solo that guitar is still panned off left same placement as the rest of the song and the solo is over the verse progression Do you recall, was the solo uh, a, a one-take thing? Or it, it, it sounds composed and put together, but it, again, it has this feeling of kind of off the cuff. I remember it, yeah. Like, Casey did have a very composed thing, and then I came in and composed a thing on the spot. Like, so, again, when you the ratty guy, that's me. The thing that sounds like, that you love, that sounds like a fiddle, that guy, mm-hmm. that ain't me. <laughs> And I, I can't I can't do that. But when you go back, the old sad songs thing, because I also sing it. I mean, live, I punctuate it more now. Uh, at that time in our lives, we were playing a lot of shows with our friends in a band called Lucero. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so old sad songs, there's this song that I still to this day, that's a Lucero song that they had edited but I play the long version of it. So we've been singing Ben's old sad songs. Okay, so so hold on here. Now it makes sense. Ben from Lucero, because that's yeah. the lyrics online. It says, we've been singing Ben's old sad songs, but I swear you say, we've been singing all the sad old songs. That's what I wrote We've down. been singing them sad. I'm not really sure what's on the record, but the way I normally sing it, and it, unfortunately... If you like to hear me say Ben, uh, you might have to just see it live because I might not have sang it that day that way. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny because on this recording, I don't think you said Ben, but it makes sense. I know Ben from Lucero, so that lyric totally makes sense that that's how you sing it live. That's great. It's how I sang it when I wrote it. I mean, there's probably another take on the tape on the comp that says Ben. (laughs) You know? Well, (laughs) it just wasn't saying as good, you know? Right on. Well, after that eight-bar guitar solo, we get into the bridge. I had to write out a bunch of lyrics here. I don't know if they're right or they're wrong. I could not find them online. It just stopped at some point. I'll tell you where it stops. But the lyric is, I'm surprised that you stayed all night. Hmm. Wasting time is just fine. And then this is where I started writing them down. I don't know if this is right or not. I've been waiting long, wondering where I went wrong. Wasting time is just fine here. Uh, let's go back again. I got to sing it in my head for a second. What, what's the line before? Uh, well, it starts out, I'm surprised that you stayed all night. You stayed all night, wasting time. It's just fine. I've been waving low. I've been waiting low. Yeah, that's a couple. Who knows? There's a, once again, there's a couple other uh, comps in there. I sing that song different live too, you know? So don't be mad at me. I can't tell you. I'm not mad at all. I love this. I'll tell you, this episode is rivaling the obituary episode. Okay, the death metalers from Florida, old buddies of mine. 
I couldn't find their lyrics online, and there's a reason why I couldn't find the lyrics to their song because they he don't was know just, what they are. <laughs> no, he was just oh. grunting stuff oh, in right. 1989 that oh, he right. doesn't remember what he was grunting. So right. this is this is getting close to that territory. <laughs> Now. Yeah, I mean, if I could hear it, I could tell you what I said, but I I don't know what I I need to hear. Maybe it. I should start telling my guests to listen to their to their songs before they they jump on here, John. Maybe that's what I, got, I need you know to start what? doing. I'm super sorry, but you know, this is uh, like you said. I write a thing and then it's done. You know, and, that's that's perfect. And then and then I think things evolve. Like when people talk about recording, ah, we're going to record from this date to this date. I and I always think everyone does shit different, but I'm like, well. I, Hope you're in the right mood to make a record that day. You know, like I like to, I like to make a record when I feel, you know, when when it sounds like what I feel like. You know, it's and, funny you mention that. I've had times over the years where fans will come up after the show and they'll be like, "Hey, the the verse of you know X song, like what the second verse? Why do you sing it different than the record?" And I have no idea what they're talking about. Mm. And then at some point I'd be like, you know, what were they talking about? I'll go listen to the record. And go, yeah, I don't. It's so removed what right. I'm doing now from what it was 20 years ago. You just you evolve. You're not the same person. And, yeah, and- things evolve. Like, like I I often think about. I actually call it uh, the B52s, right? And I know you know what I'm about to say. And like that girl, I wonder like, is it Kate Pearson or or yes? Or the, and I just wonder if 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 she's like uh, not always feeling like. Teddy Ruxpin. You know, like, like always wanted the tin roof rusted. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, do you feel tin roof rusted every night? You know, I mean, like, that is the sound of like that came out in the studio, right? And like, god damn, it's a, it's an iconic thing, and got to sing that exactly the same way every night or maybe not because i wouldn't and that's why i'm not in a very popular band probably but <laughs> i don't <laughs> well, give the people what they want <laughs> after we get out of this bridge we get into another verse and uh this verse uh is the first verse repeated again here uh the first two lines are just guitar and then the band comes in on the back half with that guitar soloing again and then we get to an eight-bar outro guitar solo uh, that goes into a ba da 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 da, basically the the, the band uh, all hitting at once. And then there's some feedback and kind of like a guitar pedal going haywire that kind of just fades out here, and and uh, the, the the song comes to an end. probably my style right there (laughs) starting it and ending it ugly (laughs) what is it about this song if you were to guess why is this one the fan favorite why does this have the most views uh online it does what is it it, probably right yeah what what is it about this song do you think because again you thought it was kind of a throwaway it was kind of just simple it was it was too poppy everybody loves a road trip it's a road trip song Songs just kind of take on their own life with the fans. You Fuck know, yeah. once once you release it, it's no. I always, I've always said, and I've heard this said, it's no longer mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I put it out there. If I'm willing to share it with the world, it, it it no longer belongs to me in that sense. And and people, you've seen it, especially. You know, a lot of your songs tell stories, and that imagery that people live. And there's, I know, there's times that you've written songs, I've written songs, multiple people have, that they'll come up to you and say, you know for what whatever it is my my mother passed away and this song hit me this way and you're like wow this song has nothing to do with about anybody passing away but but there that evokes that emotion within that person that's that's the beauty and the magic of songwriting right i agree and that's why my publishing name is vague not vegas because i would always try to like 
the guy from Lucky Joe's, his nickname is Vegas, the Joe, and he would always say that my songs were vague. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sometimes they are because I like people to uh, just read into their own thing a little bit too. You know what I mean? Right. Like some things are very specific, obviously. And sometimes when we write songs, we revisit them later. We've seen this with, with all the greats. I've seen it over the years where you'll pick up a line from this song and be like, wait a second, that character was in another song of the band. And you wrote a song solo under, under your name called The Sequel, that, which is equally an awesome song. And, and tell us about that a little bit. How did that play into this song? Me and Joe, who drove out to California, we were sitting at Lucky Joe's. <laughs> and this was, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe. And uh, I was like, this will be cool. Let's write another road song. Let's write a sequel to it. Because he was living in Seattle. I'm like, cool, I'm going to play in Vancouver and Seattle. And like, I want to get on that ferry. And let's take the ferry. So I wrote a song from the future. I mean, from the future. So people were like, oh, fuck, that's cool. Write a song in the future. I'm like, you know what? It's a bad idea because plans change, right? Yeah. And I, I talk about going to Victoria Island, which I found out later. It's actually called Vancouver Island. We were going to play mm -hmm. in Victoria, but I kept it Victoria Island because I think Victoria sounds prettier than Vancouver. But yeah, that was the idea. Fly to Washington land. Take the boat to Victoria Island Here we go, me and Joe again If we don't give in Guess we just have to do a little swimming Here we go, here we go again Here we go, me and Joe again And if we don't get in I guess we'll have to do a little swimming. <laughs> so like we were just going to swim across because anyone who knows me knows that I normally don't even wear shorts. I'm just wearing swimming pants just in case you get to go swimming, you know, mm, like in okay. case there's I didn't know that about you. opportunity to swim. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's just me and Joe getting back together and doing it. But well, if you go through this quick, then I'll then I'll point out the other parts because um, I think it's pretty good. Well, yeah, no, basically you, you talk about how uh, this time we'll hire a driver. Yes. This time we'll bring the swimming fins. Right. And then Joe Joe cues up Holy Diver, and and my listeners know that I'm a huge metalhead. That's a Ronnie James Dio's first, first uh, solo album. Yeah. Uh, as we float across the border. Yeah. In wishful thinking. Yeah. Well. So the wishful thinking. So that's when I ended up. Uh, I had to edit it a little bit. Because Joe couldn't do this trip. <laughs> so that's why it's like, Joe's out. <laughs> I blame the Longfellows. Who's Brian Longfellow, who you probably know, right? You know, he, uh, yes. He worked at O&O &O forever and uh, would mail things out from the descendants, you know, stuff. Well, yeah. And then, and then of course, it says, it's all right. And the lyric, of oh, yeah. course, all, all is capitalized there. Yeah. It's all right. He's just moving back to Colorado. Because he did. So live Longfellow after we had made our plans, said, hey, you should move out here. And uh, while you're figuring out what you're going to do for your next move in life, and she kind of fucked up my plans. So it's all right. He's just moving uh, back to Colorado. So I say, I blame the Longfellows. But I used to say, I blame Liv Longfellow, but I didn't want to call her out too much, and that's too specific. But now live, I say, fuck Joe. Fuck all the Longfellows, <laughs> which if you know me, I love them so much. So that's that's just an inside joke. Like I would never say that, you know, right. you know what I mean? I would never say fuck Joe. Um, well, tell, tell me about this last line here, the, how the song ends, because I'm wondering how, how it ends up going from Victoria Island. Uh, it says here, uh, uh, yes, we hope uh, goes the way we hoped it it go yeah either way gonna see kj jansen and if we don't get in we'll just take the boat down to northern australia yeah because i was talking to kj and chicks dig it about uh like we need to go to australia so that's just what was in my head like and if we don't get in we'll just take the boat down to northern australia pretty long boat ride very long <laughs> yes yes uh, but also the thing about kj because that's true so earlier uh i say something about 
uh, I'll just tag along with Corey Brandon. But either way, I should. What's the line? <laughs> either either way, way, I should confirm with him because it turns <laughs> out I miscalculated everything. <laughs> so that's in the rewrite, you know, because like, yeah, because Joe's not even going to be there. Like the star of the show. Right. I miscalculated that. Right. So I'm like, fuck, I'll just because me and Corey Brandon were playing shows. We played at the we were playing at the Sunset Tavern in uh, Ballard in Seattle. And then so then the next day I was going to take the boat to Victoria Island. Turns out, oh yeah, the plans changed and I couldn't, oh, the band Off With Their Heads were playing shows up there at the same time, so we didn't want to compete with their gigs. So I rerouted and I went back to the airport and I just flew straight to Calgary and I saw KJ and that's where I picked up with KJ Jansen and played three shows with him over there. And I had, and I had two days off just to hang out with KJ instead of playing Vancouver and Vancouver Island. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Well, yeah, for everybody out there, please take a listen to the sequel. It's uh, an awesome, awesome song. And before we break, John, is there anything you'd like to leave the listeners with? What you have coming up uh, in your world? What's going on? I like to book shows around baseball games. Oh, okay. Around Colorado Rockies baseball games. Nothing uh, wrong with that. So I'm going down and I'm going to play one show and then do vacation with my family. I, we save up all of our miles all year long and then take the whole family on, on vacation. And I'm going to play at the uh, just a free show at the Yucca Tap Room. It's a Sunday, uh, but you just look at the schedule. It's the day after the Rockies play Seattle on the Saturday and the next day I'm going to play at the Yucca Tap Room I originally because Eddie Spaghetti you know Eddie Spaghetti yeah from Super Suckers he uh he likes baseball too and I had told him about the way that I try to book shows I just like you know how it is you get an offer for for a cool thing and you're stoked to do it and then you uh think of what else you might do around that what I do is every year when the schedule comes out, I put all the road games down, right? And then I look. So, for example, so then March, so then in, in April, my friend Oliver asked me to come and play in Texas for his thing. And I go, hang on a second, buddy. And I took a look and I'm like, please tell me it's like 21 or 19 or whatever, which it is. I'm like, he's like, why are you so excited? I'm like, it's because the Rockies are playing the Rangers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so that's April. And then in, uh, so March, April, and then May. Oh no, that's in May. I'm sorry. May is when I go there. But then in June, yeah, then I'll go to St. Louis with the rock band and I'll end up in Boston and I'll see a game at Fenway, you know? Nice. And, uh, then July. I mean, it's just the same shit. You just look at my website. See, kids, this is how you book a tour. You find a major league team, you know, sports team, and you follow them around and, and, and play gigs around it. So the next record that I'm making, I wrote a song about it called Crunch of the Numbers at the fest with, I like to say, but it's true. I'll say now, my three favorite people that ever played in a band called Hot Water Music are all named Chris. <laughs> okay? So two of the Chris's sang and played guitar on this song called Crunching the Numbers. Crunching the baseball numbers. <laughs> you know, and, and it's all about, uh, I calculate the distance from the club to the stadium. <laughs> right? So uh, I'm telling you this story because what did you just say before that? I'm giving you the backstory. I do this a lot. I get lost <laughs> trying to give too much backstory. Uh, fuck. Shit. Eh. Whatever. <laughs> I like baseball. That's how we should end the episode right there. Boom. Love you, bud. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with John Snodgrass, but don't go anywhere. We got lots more Chris Makes a Podcast coming right up after a few words from our sponsors. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear. 
the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments. The ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember. The ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is email your best song via MP3 only and a short bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is singer-songwriter Chris Mosey from Southern California. Chris combines acoustic sensibilities with pop melodies to create hook-heavy pop rock alt-country anthems. You can find Chris's music on all the streaming platforms. Here's a snippet of his song, All The Way. Chris and Chris. Well, Chris, that was a lot of fun. That was really funny. And one of the first things that I wanted to note from that episode that John said, I can't imagine not comping. <laughs> I can't, I don't know if I could live in a world where I, whatever I did, that's going to be the thing on the recording. I don't think I could deal with that. These guys and the world they come from, it's a, I'll use the term again, it's a purist mentality. It's this is what came out of my body that landed on the tape, and that's what people are going to hear. And while I respect that immensely, uh, yeah, I have to comp stuff. I, I would drive myself crazy trying to play something perfect because to me, you know, music isn't supposed to be perfect, but it's got to at least, I don't know, be presentable and sound decent to me. And, and that, that'd be difficult. I admire these guys that can do it, though. We're all our own worst critics. I realize that. And John talked about not being too precious with your songs. And believe me, I've had this experience a lot with Punchline where you get so into the weeds, especially when you're recording yourself right. and you're producing yourself. You get into the weeds on recording a song. You get to the point where it takes so long to finish the song that you lose the passion for the song. And just in general, sometimes it is good to just bang it out, like get in the studio and do it and not have it be this ongoing thing that goes on for months and months, because that seriously can turn into years. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, Chris, but it can. Yeah, I mean, I have I have riffs in my voice memo on my phone from 10 years ago that I just don't know what to do with. Uh, in fact, I was just down uh, rehearsing with the guys down in Florida, and I had this idea. And I basically just said, here's where I'm at with it. I, I, I don't know where to go with it. And, and I'm getting better with that, too. It's like, that's okay to come in and go, I have a really cool fragment of an idea. Where can you guys take this? Yeah, sometimes I got to remind myself and remind my bandmates that putting out music, that's what we're supposed to do. Like, you could sit there and try to make it the most perfect thing that you've ever heard in your life. You you could do that for an entire lifetime on a song if you wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, but at, at a certain point, you got to go, let's put this out. Let's put it into the world, see if people like it, and then let's write another song and another album or whatever. And I think that is the, uh, you know, the point that John was getting out there as being a person who releases a lot of music i thought the story behind the song was funny i liked imagining him with a car full of ladies clothes and two cats (laughs) two cats in the car (laughs) i can't imagine like what for a long drive with two cats i mean i've i've had to drive you know to the vet or something with my Mm -hmm. cats but even that is kind of a long drive i can't imagine doing this really really long drive with cats and i thought it was fun to think about that and I also love something that John does in his songs, which is call back to previous songs. And I wanted to ask you, Chris, have you done that in your songs? I was trying to think if Less Than Jake had done callbacks to other songs. 
I was thinking about this not that long ago. I know we have. I want to say I thought of one, I, and I can't think of it now, but it'll, it'll probably come to me. And if, and if it does, I'll throw it on the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely did it in Punchline. There's this one riff from an early Punchline EP that goes, da 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 And we've put that riff somewhere hidden on every album ever since, like for the past... 20 years or so you just somewhere on there you just reminded me chris we actually it's the guitar riff for gainesville rock city we repurposed for the bridge part of a song called soundtrack of our lives which was on the end with the out crowd record so in the bridge of that song you you go and that's a harken back to uh, Gainesville Rock City. That's always fun to do that. Yep. Reference yourself. Rip rip yourself off. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more <laughs> like, like if, uh, of a lyrical reference, but I remember, no, it's a yeah. this is a musical reference, but same idea. You know, I, I loved John when he was talking about how they just, you know, found this studio and all these people had recorded there and it was the only time he recorded it. they went in and, and, and tracked the tune there and uh then they're in another city and they'll go record a couple songs there and that's why he can't remember i've never really done that i know a lot of bands that operate that way they're like oh hey we got a day off we're in minneapolis let's look for a studio and go track that's awesome yeah i wish i want to do that yeah i mean i think maybe we've pl- we've planned ahead or something and if we are going through somewhere and we have a couple days off but that was all planned out it was never like on a whim like Hey, we're we're passing by this studio. Let's go record there. I think that would be awesome. And Chris, I spent 15 minutes when you guys were talking about this studio in Colorado, googling like Colorado Studio American Graffiti. I was trying to find out the name of the studio and who recorded there. I could not find anything on it. So if anyone's listening out there and could help me figure this out, I would love to know. Uh, I think John had such a positive attitude about touring and playing shows and even being happy with the shows with low attendance because Mm -hmm. it's easy to get spoiled, especially once you get a little taste of some good shows. It's easy to get real spoiled. Absolutely. Well, this episode was a lot of fun and please check out our supporting cast at ChrisDemakes.com. If you'd like to be part of our VIP program where you get extra bonus episodes for the price of a cup of coffee. It's cheap. It's fun. And please join our Facebook group as well. The Krista makes a podcast, Facebook group, tons of fun in there. And if you'd like a custom song or jingle for your business written by me, hit me up at Krista makes at gmail.com. I'd love to write you or that special someone a song. And I want to thank this week's guest, John Snodgrass for sitting with us and we'll see you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.